Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle, the Christian girl's guide to modern dating. We're here to help you date with confidence while honoring the Lord and to show you that your identity and contentment are in Christ. We're going to give you the tools that you need to date successfully and be set up well for success in a godly marriage. If you've ever felt like you didn't really belong with any of the extremes in dating today, well, you're not alone. Neither did we. And that's why we're here looking for the middle. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Looking for the Middle. Thanks for being here. We are continuing our conversation from last week, answering your Facebook group questions, which we'll talk about the Facebook group in a second in housekeeping. But we loved all of these. We were just going to pick one to do an episode on. I'm like, Bethany, these are all so good. And she's like, let's just answer them all. And then I was like, well, there's a lot. So let's put it up and do it in two weeks. So here's part two. If you haven't listened to part one, make sure you go back and listen to that from last week. And, you know, if you have more questions you want us to answer, if you put it in the Facebook group, it might end up in a future episode. You yeah. never know. So um, be sure and check that out. I guess I'm doing housekeeping though since yes. it's your question of the day. So I can just get into that. Just we'll go out of going. order. If you haven't joined our <laughs> Facebook group yet, you should. We have created that as a space for our lady listeners to talk to each other and to ask each other questions and to build community because obviously y'all talk to us and we talk to y'all over the microphones and then through social media and email and whatever, but y'all never really get to connect with each other. And so we thought this was a cool way to do that. Um, it's called LFTM community. If you want to search for it on Facebook and then you can just request to be added as a member. Um, or if you are a recipient of our newsletter, you can click the big join the Facebook group button in the newsletter (laughs) and it will take you straight to join the group from there. So be sure and check that out if you haven't already. And then also y'all know the drill. If you're not signed up for the newsletter, you can do that either on our website, lookingforthemiddle.com or go to our Instagram at LFTM underscore podcast. And there's a newsletter button in our bio. You can sign up to get that all sorts of goodies from us every week. And then you should also follow us on Instagram while you're over there signing up for the newsletter because Instagram's a fun place to be. And, you know, you get me Mondays. We have our question episode coming up. I'm not going to tell you what it yes. is yet, but the question episode of the season where we ask y'all a question and then build the episode around your answers, um, that will be airing mid-May. So yes. um, we'll start storing about that and asking for y'all's answers on that. So make sure you're following us on Instagram so that you can be a part of that episode. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it. That's all I got, Bethany. What's the question of the day? Okay. Question of the day. Are you ready for this? Never, this but is, go this for is an it. Easy one. What you say is that your... about all of them. <laughs> what? You say that about all this of them. This one really is. Okay. What is your favorite game to play? Ooh. See? That is a good one. Yeah. Um, like with other people or Well, I was thinking like board game, like card board game. Games. Like what game do you like to play? I don't mean like basketball. Not sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah not sports. Um Oh gosh, my family really likes uh, catchphrase. Okay. Or heads up. We've been playing heads up a lot. Uh-huh. Um, I also really like red flags. <laughs> <laughs> I played that at my bachelorette party. Um, PG thirteen content yeah. in that, yeah, yeah, so just yeah. be advised that. But it's basically like well, and we've played in mixed company before and been okay with it. Like, yeah, it's not. Well, and if it's, pro- there are a few that are like, oh, I don't want to read that mixed company. Just discard the card. And that's fine. Yeah, it's like, it, really fun, though. It's super fun. Um, Google it. I'm not going to explain the yeah. whole. But it's called Red Flags. And it's super it's fun. It's in the vein of apples to apples. Yeah. Like, but it's, it's like about vein. dating. Yeah, so it's, it's really fun. Really fun. Um, 
But yeah, when we have family game night, it's normally catchphrase or heads up recently. We also really like spicy uno. Okay, yeah. I've played um, it. It's hard to get all the... Get, once you get all the rules, it's more yeah. fun. But yeah. Those what about good. you? My favorite favorite is Balderdash. Really? Yeah. How did I not know that? Nobody will ever play it with me. Is it because you win all the time? They say I cheat. Mm, like in Linky? I don't cheat in Linky. <laughs> I don't cheat at games, y'all. Anymore. Bethany, anymore. <laughs> Bethany gets accused of cheating a lot when I we have game do. night. Anyway. She's just very good. <laughs> and I think we're all just jealous. And this is our way of trying Thank to like you. disqualify her. <laughs> so Balderdash is my favorite. Okay. And then um, I also like Mexican... Mexican train dominoes. I don't really know exactly. I've only played that once. So fun. I love that one. And then there's a new game I have recently that's called Blink. It's like a really fast. So two, just two people like card game. Not like normal play. It has its own like cards. Okay. Yeah. yeah, It's it's like a matching game with like number, shape, color. Like you have to get rid of their cards first. That's cool. Super fun. Oh, that is fun. Anyway, those are my favorites. Wow. So many games. Yes. If y'all having a game night soon, you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump in okay. to these questions. We have five to answer today, just like we had five last week. Perfect. So I'll ask the first start. one and we'll go from there. So the question is, how do you regain trust with yourself and eventually with someone in a future dating relationship, not a current one, okay. when your trust was 100% broken by the person you dated previously? Ooh. I will say I, I haven't ever been in this place to where yeah. there was like this huge breach of trust yeah. that ended something. So I can imagine though that that's, I'm someone who is, I don't know. Some people start out in relationships fully trusting the person until they give them a reason not to. You're the opposite. I go into it more of like, okay, I don't doubt you, but you haven't given me a reason to just blindly trust you yet. I need some time to see like the pattern of your life before I like just completely give over my trust like that. So I I get this a little bit from that standpoint of like, okay, I'm a little skeptical. Um, And I think there's two ways here that time is your friend. Um, And the two ways I'm talking about is one, don't, jump into something quickly after this take some time to you know think through pray through study the word figure out what it is you need to be looking for in someone pray that the lord would give you wisdom and clarity and guidance in that pray that he would be directing your steps pray that he would give you a clear direction of like what you should be pursuing that then as you move forward in that, you do have that confidence in your own decision-making. So time in that, don't get into anything quickly. But then also, once you are dating someone again, learn from the mistakes of the past. Don't let them hinder you, but also learn from that and take the time, give it the time it takes to get to a place where you're comfortable. Yeah. I mean, within re- you can't take two years to decide if you want to like be this guy's girlfriend. Like, you, you, and y'all know that's not what we mean, but like, if you're at a good place, take the time that you need to be comfortable with that. So I would say time is your friend on this one. Yeah, I would agree. And I think just remembering that the person you're with in the future is not the same person that broke your mm-hmm. trust. And um, 
I think this goes with any sort of like hurt you've experienced in a past relationship. Um, whether it was like breaking trust or they just broke your heart or, you know, hurt you or, um, caused a big issue in the relationship, whatever it was like at the first sign of something similar, mm-hmm. we immediately, Oh, this guy's going to be you just like, like the last the one. Same yeah. Motives and stuff. and yeah. that's not fair. Like, and sometimes it's even like, he hasn't even done anything and you're just like, Oh, well he's probably just going to be exactly like the last one. You're, well, or the slightest hint of something that might not even be related. Yeah. You're so hypersensitive to it that mm-hmm. you're almost looking for that thing. Yeah. And you create it out of nothing. Sometimes, yeah. I think too. Well, we talked about this when we interviewed Kevin, when he postponed mm-hmm. our first date yeah. and I was so like, I wasn't mad, but I was just like the right, red, here we go again. The red flag started like, yeah. which it wasn't a red flag at all, obviously. <laughs> and my mom had to be like, Kristen, this isn't like your ex. This is not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Bethany said the exact same thing. Like, and I think that kind of proves my other point is have people in your life who can remind you of that because yeah. I needed to hear that in those moments yeah. of, Hey, this isn't the same guy. This isn't the same situation. This isn't even the same thing. Like it feels <laughs> the same. It may evoke right. the same emotions somewhat, but it doesn't mean it's the same thing. And it doesn't mean that this is going to be a repeat of last time. Yeah. So um, I think if you can just not date in a bubble, as Bethany yes. says, and, you know, not assign to the next guy what the last guy yeah. did, I think that's going to be super important as you're figuring that out. And yeah, just agree. taking your time. Yeah. Like, and don't one rush thing, it. Yeah. Don't rush it. And one thing I would add in the interim of like, here's a step you can take. Here's some practical things you can do to get to that place is... Use the time that you have between relationships to really study the word, get in your Bible and one, know what does God say about who you are? Because you may be questioning some of those things if you've been put through the ringer like that. So what does God say about who you are as one of his children? What does God say about who you are as a woman of God? And then two, what does God say about what a godly person looks like? Not necessarily what does God say about what a husband should be but what what does what are the characteristics that define godly people study that and then look for those things in a person that's good that's what i would do in the interim yeah that's good advice all right next question okay do you want me to read the next one yes okay it says i would love to hear more about dating in your 30s girl i got you she says i know there's an episode of dating in your 20s versus your 30s but maybe there could be one specifically about 30s and how to navigate that Well, you got part of an episode. (laughs) She's like, I feel like there's some unique challenges because both of the people typically have more established slash rooted lives. I think that's very true. They do. Um, That's something that I have to be very like conscious of. I'm a pretty independent person. Well, maybe not independent. I'm pretty just self-sufficient. I think you're pretty independent. Okay. Just from the standpoint of like, if I need something, I get it. If I need to take care of something, I do it. I don't I don't need a lot of help in day-to-day life. That sounds awful. Y'all know what I mean, though. I, yeah. I, I can handle myself. Yeah. And so when you get really used to that, it can be daunting thinking of having to adapt that to someone else, especially when they're in the same place. Yeah. 
Like that's something that I'm I'm always like, oh my word, would it just be easier if it was just me on my yeah. own? Which yeah. is wrong. It's a, it's a selfish no, prideful no, no, way. No, no. But it is something where I'm like, ugh. It's an adjustment. It's quite the adjustment. Yeah. Um. So I get that. I think. I think you just have to, as you're going through life, daily life, hold all of those things with an open hand. Don't get so entrenched in your way of doing things where it's my way or the highway. Do things the way you do them. Enjoy life the way you enjoy life. But you are more established. You do have more responsibility. You do have more routines and things like that. And just know that there may be some growing pains, but that's okay. It's not a, oh, well, kick him to the curb. You just work through those things. But I do think this is where it comes in to where we've talked a lot of in the past about like when it comes to like things you should be looking for, obviously godly character and like his relationship with the Lord are first. How does he treat you in a relationship? But then also I, I just call it just general life rhythm things. I feel, and that's, do we like to stay out? Do we like to go in? Do, how do we, I mean, how do we treat food? Like what, what are our culinary patterns i don't know that sounds stupid but like but it's true just general life rhythm things about i like to do this he likes to do that does it match up do we approach life the same do we enjoy life the same way and i think that becomes more and more of a contributing factor to things the older you get because you have more and more life rhythms that um when you're straight out of college you don't really have yet and so i think that's a big contributor yeah well and i think something that can be helpful is just like there are seasons in like the year like then there are certain things that are going to serve you well in each of those seasons the same thing goes for like life seasons too so like the way that you operate the way you make decisions the way that you load the dishwasher (laughs) all of those things are going to serve you well when it's just you but then they may not serve you as well if you keep doing the exact same way once you're in like a marriage like if you live somewhere where it snows you use a snow shovel every however long I don't live somewhere where it snows often but I've never had to shovel my driveway but like you have to do that on a regular basis mm-hmm. you don't need a snow shovel in the summer right like you don't need like as much sunscreen and tank tops in the winter <laughs> yeah. you just like you use different things and need different things in different seasons and you adapt as things change and is that easy? No. Do I hate when it gets hot? Yes. But does that mean I don't adapt? No. Like I'm right. not going to keep wearing a parka hoping it's going to get cold <laughs> in July. Like it's just not going to. And so I think that it's important to remember like, hey, just because this behavioral pattern or this routine or this, you know, whatever served me well when I was single, it may need to change just like to find a different routine or a different, you know, method later on to serve you and your spouse well. And that's okay. But it not saying that's easy, No, but that's been something I've been kind of thinking through lately of like, okay, what, what are some good things that need to be carried over? And what are some things that are going to have to change? Yeah. Because you're meshing two lives and that is not a, that is no small task. No, it's not. And one, one thing I would add too, going just as kind of like a, here's what you can be doing now kind of thing too, of, I think as believers, our lives should be marked by joyful service to other people. And that doesn't change once you're married. 
Um, and if, if anything, it's heightened. Yeah. Um, but if you are going about your single life now with little regard for other people, if you, like when you're talking about you have more of an established life, and I do not think that's what this person was saying. I'm just making the point of if, if when you say that, what that means is I basically do whatever I want and I think about myself and that's about it, then marriage is going to be a rude awakening when suddenly there's another person. And if you have two people that do that, Whew. you're in for trouble. Yeah. But if now you start, you, you start living in such a way that your life is marked by service to other people, no, they're not your husband, but there are people in the body of your church, I guarantee you, who need help, who need service, who there are things you could help them with that you could lay your desires aside, put your needs aside, and look out for the needs of someone else. If that's something that, or maybe you already do that consistently now, great. If that's something you're doing consistently now, that will serve you so well in a marriage where you're just going to continue doing what you've already done. It's just on a, a much, much closer scale yeah. and a much more consistent scale than you have in the past. But start that now so that, like we say all the time, you know, your selfless meter is not just going to flip a switch when you get married if that's not something you're putting into practice now. Yeah, that's good. That's real good. Okay, so then there was kind of a follow-up part to this question so let's I didn't read it before because it kind of goes another direction so let's look at that now she says also how do you cope with the feeling that time is quote-unquote running out when you are in your 30s and still single there really is a limited time frame for having kids so that's tough and then she says I know God's timing is perfect but that doesn't stop that feeling from coming up sometimes and I get that one thing I would say is no it doesn't stop that feeling from coming up sometimes and like I saw something the other day that was basically said feelings are real, but that doesn't mean they should be followed. Mm, that's good. And so like it makes me think lot. of like with this of like, yeah, you have this feeling of like this panic almost of like time's running out. What am I going to do? There's no prospects. I'm still single. I'm in my thirties. This is doomed. That's valid. That is a valid feeling, but you don't run with it. You don't sit in that. You don't, you know, follow that feeling you stop and tell, you speak truth to yourself and you say, God's timing is perfect. If he wanted me anywhere else, that's where I would be. This is what he has for me. What can I learn about him through this? What can I learn about myself through this and who he has called me to be and who he has equipped me to be and what he wants me to be doing? Um, because if you are single, it's for a reason. And that reason is not to just sit around and hang out. It is to be devoting your life to furthering the purpose of the gospel in this world. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you have to like give up everything and go be a missionary, but it looks a lot of different ways in a lot of different life situations, but that is what you rely on, not the feeling. And I'm saying that as someone who gets it, like I'm in this, I totally understand. So this is truth that I speak to myself regularly too. Yeah. No, I think that's good. Don't follow Feelings are real, but that doesn't mean they need to be followed. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's real good. All right. Anything else on that one? I don't think I have anything else. Did you? No, and I honestly, if I'm being really transparent, I feel weird speaking into this question because I'm not in my 30s and I don't want to be like the, okay, let the 29-year-old have her peace. But but I do think like there's definitely some overlap with like late 20s and stuff you hear and whatever, but I just, I'm... I'm dittoing everything you said. Okay. Uh, one thing I would point out too is I do think talking about feelings and the other, 
this, that, or the other. There is a mental piece to this that I think you have to overcome because it's like, oh my word, I'm in my thirties now and you feel like it's so different, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Um, and I think that like the first couple of years of my thirties, I kind of was in that place, but now I'm like, I tell Kristen all the time. My 30, I'm only halfway through them. Yeah. My thirties have been awesome. Yeah. So much better than my twenties. I have loved, I say I loved, I've loved who I am. I don't mean that in a weird, conceited, prideful way, but like, I'm so much more confident now than I was then mm. in just who I am. Yeah. Um, and especially when it comes to dating, that's something that I have loved is just, I'm much more confident in myself. So I'm much more confident being single if I need to. Mm. Um, which makes me much more confident in dating because I'm not worried about having to tailor everything I say or do to make sure that this guy stays around because I'm okay being on my own. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's good. And I've had several guys that like, this was never something anyone said about me prior to the last year or two who have said, and they've all said it was a very positive thing. That was like one of the first things that they were like interested in of like, I didn't shy away from what I was looking for. I didn't shy away from what I thought. I didn't shy away from my faith. I didn't shy away from saying, this is what I'm looking for. And if you're not that, like, that's fine, but I don't want to waste your time. Yeah. And so I would have never said those things before because I was afraid of running people off. Whereas now that's the very thing that the guys who are worth talking to like about me. So that's just an encouragement to you guys out there. That's good. Um, that maybe if you are in that late twenties or very early thirties place, like dig into the word, you know, walk with the Lord, do those things first. And I'm telling you thirties are great. Yeah. Bethany tells me that all the time. Every time I'm panicking about like, I turned 29, I'll be 29 by the time this airs. That's true. Yeah. When we're recording it, it's a week from today. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's my last birthday in my 20s. And Bethany's like, you're going to be fine. You're going to love your 30s. It's awesome. And I am just, I'm going to choose to believe her. (laughs) When have I ever lied to you? And surprise parties and stuff like that. I started to say, there have been a couple times, but those were all for good reason. No, you haven't ever lied to me. Okay. All right. I'll trust you. Thank you. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Next question. I love that she puts ooh at the beginning of this question. Oh, can I say one thing? Yeah. Can I go back? Okay. I can't remember the name of the girl that asked this question about dating in your 30s. Uh-huh. Um, if you want to like talk more about that specifically or you have specific questions, I know she's obviously she's in the Facebook group because she puts on here. Message me on Facebook or add me on Facebook. Like I would be happy to like, let's chat about this. If you've got yeah. specific things, whatever, let me know. We'll talk about it. Love anyway, that. moving on. All right. That's a good add-in. Um, okay, next question. Could y'all talk a little bit about being single and dating while in ministry? Okay. Sure. Yeah. So for those of y'all who don't know, Bethany and I, I mean, I work for a for-profit, but I do like... It's very it, ministry It's related. very ministry related. Yeah. And Bethany works for her church, so... And I worked for my church for four years. So we are very much in the, how long have you worked? Four years. Four years. Has it been I mean, four years? I'm a quarter. I mean, it was on a January 1st that I started. So. Okay. Yeah. It's easy to keep up with. So I'm a quarter into. Your fifth year? Five. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. Which is crazy, right? I feel like you just, I mean, I, I remember you calling me like, like, oh I yeah, I'm going to start working in the church. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. God, 
that's been that's crazy yeah but yeah so we're both in ministry or ministry adjacent uh yeah, that works roles. we have experience in that regardless. yes yeah yeah, 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 yeah. um do you have any about. like things that immediately come to mind of like struggles or like tension points or anything like that that you run into i will say this um when we had dalton on the show and he talked about his rule about not dating girls that go to the church that he's in leadership in if he had told me that before i started working at the church i'd have been like well that's a dumb rule like why would you think that then i yeah i've even told him i'm like i get it but then i don't like i yeah i agree and then i don't i go back and forth whatever but i also i'm like oh i totally see the value in that mm-hmm. in a weird way but th- but then i go back and forth between like well yeah but where else like don't you want to meet someone who's like in your church who believes what you believe and you're on the same so i I yeah. see both sides of it. But that is something that I think there is value to. I think if you're talking about you're on staff at a church and you're in any sort of leadership position, dating someone there, I think you just have to be forward thinking enough to think through. And it's, I hate going into something thinking about what's going to happen if it ends. But I do think you have to be forward thinking enough to think through the ramifications or the fallout if it were to end. So if he works there too, and you work very closely together and you date for two or three months and then it ends, like you've got to still be able to work together, Yeah, you know, and you have to think through that enough to like, okay, I guess that kind of goes to my next point of like, if you are going to date in ministry, someone else who's in the same ministry, be forward thinking enough about what the fallout would be if it didn't work out, but also too don't jump into anything quickly normally i would say oh if you like someone go get a coffee go get dinner figure it out blah 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 with this i think i would tell someone maybe just be around them enough like spend time enough together observe them in ministry observe how they live life observe their character enough to know enough about them that you're kind of like okay yeah i can actually see myself being with this person not just oh he's cute we should go get dinner yeah you know kind of know enough about them to where you're like okay yes i do see relationship potential here not that you're already like married in your mind of like you're yeah. that road. but you actually see relationship potential to where you know this isn't going to be like oh one date and it was horrible and awkward and now i can't look at him because it's weird like don't put yourself in that position so those would be my two things be forward thinking and also give things time to see where it might actually have the potential to go before you jump into anything yeah i think that's good I'll come at it from a little bit of a different perspective. One, because when I worked at my church, my church was very large. So I didn't have the. True. The same, I guess, setting or Uh pool, if you will. Yeah. Um, But then also where I'm at now, like I work remotely and all my coworkers are like married. I mean, obviously I'm about to get married, but like even before that, they were all like married in my parents' age. So, um, it wasn't from the standpoint of like looking for somebody that I was working alongside of in ministry. Yeah. But I would say like, if you're working in ministry and this is something that you want to do for a long time, um, or if it's something like, Oh, I'm content doing this right now, but I don't have to do this forever. Go ahead and figure that out now Mm -hmm. because that can really determine the trajectory of, who you date and where yeah. you look and things like that. Because um, I know for me personally, like I specifically prayed for a ministry partner. Now that wasn't, I always said I'd love to be a pastor's wife. Right. That wasn't a non-negotiable that I'm only going to date pastors. <laughs> um, but 
it didn't necessarily have to be that he worked in ministry. If we, that's, you know, we volunteer together at our church, whatever uh-huh. that looks like. I wanted that to be a partnership that we had, but, um, I did know that like it would be really cool if he worked in ministry because uh-huh. I do that and it would be cool to like kind of bring our lives alongside yeah. each other in that. There are unique challenges that come along with working in ministry that unless you've done it, you don't understand. Yeah. I get now. And it's nice um, to have somebody who gets that. It is. And I had someone recently that I had talked to who was like, okay, like I know you work for your church, but like it's like work and it's very officey kind mm-hmm. of. So like, is that ministry? What does ministry look like? Like what is like long-term philosophy of like, okay, what does doing ministry look like? I was like, that's such a good question. Yeah. You know, because it is different. And so I think, yeah, being on the same page of like, okay, what does ministry look like in life is really important. It doesn't mean you can only date someone who works in ministry. That's not what we're saying either. But being on the same page on that, whether you both work, like that is your actual paying job or whether it's not, but you are heavily involved in ministry. I think both of those things are being, you, you just have to be on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. So yeah, just keep that in mind of, is this something I want to do long-term? Is this something I would like to have in common with somebody I'm dating? Uh Am I okay if he has a job that transfers him, you know, two years into our marriage and I can't work at this ministry anymore and I'm going to have to go get a job in the marketplace? Am I cool with that? Uh And just kind of think through those things. And as we like to say, think through them before you have a person attached to the scenario if you already do then still think i'm not saying don't think about it but like (laughs) if you can think through what you want before you're interested in somebody and they have the ability to sway yeah thinking through all of that be praying that the lord would i don't know like make his will clear for you but at the same time pray you know not my will but yours, Lord, mm-hmm. in that, no, I don't want to give this up, but at the same time, if that's what you want for me and like I'm married and this is obviously where we need to be going, then obviously this is what you want for me. And so give me the grace to be able to do that well and kindly and gracefully and, you know, do that. So I think that's a big piece too. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Okay. Next question. Am I supposed to read this one? I can't remember. Yes. Okay. So she says she would like to know more about how to encourage other single friends to be more content in this season. She she says, I have by no means perfected it, but I've learned a lot and um, a lot from the podcast and other resources to be okay not being in a relationship. But um, it has several friends who are often chasing guys or complaining about not being married and even putting their lives on hold waiting. So advice on how to respond to them and walk alongside them together which I think is a really cool question. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I think this is, I think your best bet is to lead by example here rather Mm -hmm. than with your words. Not Mm -hmm. to say that you can't use your words to encourage them, but they're going to feed off you. Um, And if you are really like acting and behaving in a way that shows like I am content where I am and I am enjoying the parts of being single that are to be enjoyed. And I am not just sitting around complaining about the fact that I don't have a husband yeah. or, or even in those places where they are saying, Hey guys, like let's talk about something else. Yeah. I'd better say it better than that. Yeah. Or like, just, yeah. Change you know, the subject the, or yeah. steer the conversation in a different direction or yeah, it can be just little comments of like, okay, Hey guys, look, this isn't helping. Like let's, 
focus on things we can yeah. do something about right now. Um, it doesn't have to be a, okay, I've gathered you all here to have a discussion. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be that kind of thing. But yeah, I think that's huge. Leading, let your life speak for itself. Yeah. I had a friend who, um, or I have a friend. <laughs> We're still friends. <laughs> I have a friend who she told me one time, she was like, I am a firm believer in you should not um, say anything to anybody addressing a problem that you can't fix in five minutes okay so like and i feel like she's like and i think that includes myself too like if i'm gonna sit here and like belittle myself or berate myself for this if i can't fix it in five minutes then what's the point of me saying it yeah like not to say that you can't you know make adjustments if you need to or whatever but like sitting there and saying like I'm so sad I don't have a husband. Can you fix that in five minutes? No. Yeah. But can you talk about other things? Can you talk about like, can we go do something fun right now and like make that decision Uh in five minutes to go do something because of the season that we're in? Yeah. And she was like, it's just, it's amazing what a filter it gives you (laughs) of like the things you'll say, the comments you'll make, like the things you'll tell other people because it's so easy for us to complain about things that we can't do anything about in this moment yeah or worry about things that we have no control over in this moment and Mm -hmm. i'm terrible i'm preaching to the choir i'm absolutely (laughs) terrible at this so if you find yourself in that setting where you know y'all are all hanging out somebody's apartment eating ice cream getting takeout whatever yeah and it all of a sudden becomes a pity party of everybody's single well, you can't fix that in five minutes unless y'all all want to get on dating apps and then pass your phone to the right or something <laughs> yeah. like, you know, and start swiping for each other. But even then you're not going to get a boyfriend tonight. So <laughs> just, you know, try to do what you can in the moment and be encouraging, be an example and just don't feed into it because they're, you know, and I mean, we talk about all the time that you become the most, you become like the people, why can I not say the saying correctly? You become the most, like the five people you spend the most time with. Uh-huh. I butchered that, but you, you, get, get, the you get the idea. And so if they're spending a lot of time with you and you have a really positive outlook on your singleness mm-hmm. and you have a good attitude about it and you're, you know, still pursuing the Lord, you're still trusting him, you're still acting on that that's going to at least plant some seeds. You yeah. may not see an immediate change overnight of, oh, Bethany acts like this and she <laughs> embraces it and she does it, so I'm going to too. Yeah. It may not happen that quickly. What is happening? I think me? they're emptying the dumpster over there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. At first I was like, what is going on? Um, But yeah, I think setting an example and just yeah. doing what you can in the moment. I Yeah, and I agree. I think a lot of contentment and not being content is fo- you're focused on what you don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you switch that to a mindset of focusing on what you do have, and what I mean by that is, I mean, God has provided everything you need. Um, and I can, it can be the basic things that I have a place to live. I have people in my life who love me. Um, I have food to eat. I have, you know, a bed to sleep and those basic things. But then also like, look what we have in Jesus. Look what God has given us so much. And so taking a mindset of discontent and moving it to contentment is by looking at what we have in Jesus. Yeah. And so maybe something you could do if this is, these are like girlfriends that are you're close with, and this is something that you see as kind of a, 
persistent like problem or bad mindset, maybe like do a Bible study together on, get a book on the character of God, get a book on the attributes of God, like study those things. And when you're looking at that, the discontent with the things was, was it on here? We talked about recently the things of earth will grow strangely strangely dim. dim. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. Yeah. So that's That's something you can do. I think. Yeah. um, That's a great idea. That might be helpful too. That's a great idea. All right. Last question. Okay. You bring this one up. All right. Or it says bring up. I was reading. Yes. (laughs) I'll read this one. Okay. How do you bring up the past with someone you're dating when those conversations don't come up naturally? I have a response if you want to think. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm a um, I have had this happen a couple of times where it was basically right before um, the guy asked me to be his girlfriend. Okay. He said, Hey, like, there's some things I want to talk to you about. Like, and I want you to know, I think I've had this happen like three separate times uh-huh. actually. But it was basically like, Here's some things about my past you need to know. Um, and he said a lot more tactfully. They said a lot more tactfully than this. But like, if you can't handle it now, you're, I'm giving you the option to walk okay. away. Um, and it was nothing ever like monumentally just like, oh my, like he murdered somebody or something. Yeah. And I didn't know. But like, you know, it was good things to know about like his past, whether it was his family, things he'd struggled with, um, just stuff like that to be aware of. Um and so they said, like, I want to talk to you about this. There's no really. And they would say basically what the the question said. This is not going to come up naturally on right. a Tuesday at coffee. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to bring this up and you can ask questions if you want to. But I want you to know this before you go into a, a committed relationship with me. And yeah. I, I don't want there to be any like secrets or like things I'm holding in my back pocket and or yeah. keeping my cards too close to the vest, whatever. Um, and so they would tell me and then every single time I was like, okay, like I can, I can roll with that. It was never, I never had it where it was like, oh yeah, no, that's a deal breaker. And it may be for you. That's fine. But like, that's, I'm not saying you have to just accept it just because he talked to you about it beforehand. Right. But he talked about it and then we became official. Yeah. But it was a, I liked that timing because I didn't feel like. It was just, oh, all sunsets and rainbows and everything's perfect. And then, oh, we became boyfriend and girlfriend. And then three months down the road, he drops a bomb on me of something that I, like, really would have liked to know beforehand. And like Mm -hmm. I said, in my experience, there weren't any deal breakers. But if he had said, like, you know, I've had sex in the past and I still think that's okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And we've been dating for four months. I'm going to be absolutely devastated because I do not think that is okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to, you know, be with somebody who thinks that's okay. And that would have hurt way more. So again, there's a balance here. I'm not saying you need to bring your past up on your second date. Mm -hmm. Like in every single one of these instances, I had like been out with these guys and either virtually or in person (laughs) based on the situation. But spent a lot of time talking yeah. and a lot of conversations to where it wasn't like, Oh, you're still kind of a stranger and you're telling me this. Right. Like I knew the guy. <clears throat> and so I felt comfortable having the conversation, 
but I liked how that was handled yeah. in every single case. Mm-hmm. So that's just been my experience. Yeah. But I, th- I think there's a, you know, it says when they don't come up naturally, I think you want to gauge, is it not coming up naturally because we haven't been dating long enough for it to come up from the standpoint of this is too early for the, for these like big conversations to be appropriate. And so yet yeah, hadn't come up because you don't need to be talking about it yet. Or is it that, okay, we've been dating and I need to tell him these things, whether it's sexual past, whether it's just relational struggles in the past, whether it's family baggage from the past, whatever those things are. Um, I do think, yeah, before you go into a committed relationship with someone, you need to, you know, talk about things like that. And I think they will, they don't have to come up naturally. That's what I was going to say. You can just bring it up, but I think... I don't know, I try to think of it from the standpoint of these things that I need to tell him, if he had those same things to tell me, if you're at a point where you feel you would feel like he had been dishonest with you and not telling them, you need to you need to tell him. Like you need to tell yeah. him before it gets to that point where it's like, Oh, the other person feels like you've kept something from them. But then I think on the flip side, be careful that it's not too early. Like you don't want it to be, oh, we've gone out two times and now I'm going to absolutely you know you've known this guy two weeks, you've been out a couple of times and now you're going to absolutely spill your guts. Um, I think you just have to be careful with that in that you don't want to build an intimacy that outpaces the commitment level of your relationship. Yeah. You've been on two dates with this guy and if you bare your soul to him and tell him all of these deep struggles and these sensitive things from your past, well, you feel really close to this guy that you've been on two dates with. And so you've kind of created this false sense of, intimacy and commitment that are inappropriate at that stage. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think you just have to really find a balance there. Yeah, I agree. So just, and again, seek counsel from people who know you and know your situation. And specifically if you can, who know your past and what you're wanting Mm -hmm. to talk about, like whether that's like a counselor, a mentor, your parents, if they are aware of what's going on, you know, like find somebody. And, and here's, as I say that, if you have never talked to anybody about what you're going to tell him, yeah, be really careful. That's a really good point. Because I'm sitting here thinking, like, I hope that as whoever's asking this, like, that you have whatever has gone on in your past, that you have talked to somebody else about it who has helped you process it and kind of discipled you through that. Um, because... I'm not going to tell you if you're ready to date or not, or if like that should determine your relationship or whatever. Cause I don't know the specific situation, but a guy you've known for a few weeks that you're about to become his girlfriend yeah. is not the first person that needs to hear about your past uh-huh. trauma or struggles or anything like you need to talk to. And in mm-hmm. every case, like with my experience, the guy had a few people he had talked to yeah, like mentors, friends, accountability partners pastor whoever right and so I felt comfortable I'm like okay well you're already doing the work to work through this you're already trying to process this you're all already like you've you know you've done your part right I am just being informed yeah because what could happen is if you've never told anybody and then you tell him and then he's cool with walking through that with Uh you then all of a sudden okay he's the only one 
Uh-huh. He needs to be my accountability. He uh-huh. needs to be the one processing this with me. And that's not his that's role. Not his and that's not a healthy thing to put on your yeah. relationship. And that's, so that's where you get into like, that's a husband's role. Yeah. And this guy's not your husband. doesn't mean he won't be. It doesn't mean he wouldn't be good at it, but that's just not an appropriate level of responsibility and closeness yeah to put on him it's yeah. not good for either of you even though it feels good in the moment yeah i 100 percent agree yeah. so just keep that in mind but yeah talk to somebody who knows you well knows your situation can give you good godly counsel on how to move forward and you know and ask yeah. the lord to give you wisdom and discernment yeah. and he promises to do that if you ask for it so ask him for that and you know he'll come through so perfect all right, guys, we'll wrap it there. Thank you so much to our friends who sent these questions in on Facebook. We have loved this little mini series in the midst of this season. And like we said, if y'all have any questions you want us to answer on future episodes or episode ideas, the Facebook group is a great place to drop those. Yeah. So feel free to just, is it still called writing on the wall or is it just posting? I think it's just posting. It's just posting. Oh, remember the day when we wrote on people's yes, walls? Yes, I do. Wow. Well, I'm going to age is, myself. I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, go ahead and post it in the <laughs> Facebook group, right on the wall, whatever you want to do. Um, you know what we mean. Yes. And um, who knows your question could get answered in a future episode. Yes. But we hope you guys enjoyed this. We will be back next, next week. week. Thank you. I always have to look at the <laughs> schedule and Bethany already knows with an episode on the things we wish our mom's generation knew about dating. So we just recorded that one. Actually, yes. we went out of order. So <laughs> it's going to be a good one. Make sure you stay tuned for that next week. But until then, I'm Kristen and I'm Bethany and this is looking for the middle. Mm-hmm.